0: Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Fasting, how's it been going? We've been uh, enjoying food? Uh, not me. Oh, my goodness. Becca's like, well, you can't have that, but you can have this, and you can't have this chip, but this is like a lentil chip, and you can have that one, and you can, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And that's the part I don't like, but the part I do love is the really, the the tuning in, and I like the result. And we do that so often. We do things that we don't really enjoy so very much because we want what they bring us. Um, And so we as a church had decided to start the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting, I'm doing a Daniel fast. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up. And maybe you just got here. You're like, oh, that's a great idea. I'd love to. Well, just jump in with us. Jump in right now. Okay, that's just, you can always start. Jump in, and if you're like, oh, day five, and I, you know, I cheated. Okay, well, get back on the wagon, okay? Don't just give up and be like, oh, it's over. I made a mistake. No, get, get back on. Decide you're going to do it again. And, and, and join us. Really excited to see the result and, and the fruit of that in our lives. But we are starting a series this year called Better. And for time-wise, we're going to skip the little video that kind of introduces this, and we're going to start talking about it. But better, because normal is not working. It's kind of what this is about. So we're going to cover finances. We're going to cover relationships. We're going to cover uh, money. We're going to cover marriage. We're really just going to look at how do we make things better? Because here's what God's Word says. I believe that God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. In fact, that's in there. And then it really does have some really practical things for us to do in our lives. That it's not just about, oh, go to heaven. But Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. That there's directions that he gives us on how to live right now. He's like, these are things that we should begin to do. And when we do, we get the best result we possibly can. With the situation and some of the mess that we may have gotten ourselves in or, or wherever we happen to find ourselves, wherever you happen <laughs> Okay, there it is. Wherever you happen to find yourselves, that's where it is. So that's why we call this better because we don't want normal. And I believe that when we do it God's way that we really do get better. And today we're talking about finances. So I just want to look at a little bit real quick, just kind of say what normal finances look like. So normal is living paycheck to paycheck. Normal is if I don't get paid next week, I'm in big trouble. If this goes down, if I get laid off, if, if any of this, this is it. That's, that's normal. Normal is paycheck to paycheck. In fact, that's normal for 78% of, a, of us Americans. 78%. Normal is in debt. That's 75% of us. And of those in debt, half of them say, it'll, it'll probably, I'll always be in debt. They're like, this is just the way it is. It, 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 this is going to be normal for me. Normal? is not prepared. Normal is, if I have a $1,000 bill that just suddenly shows up or tires or whatever it happens to be that I need for a car or washing machine, they have to borrow, use a credit card, take out a loan, whatever it would be. That's normal. Normal is carrying over $6,000 of credit card debt every single month and paying just under 17% for that. And if you have kids, then normal is over $8,000 in credit card debt that you haven't paid and that you're paying that just under 17, 16.97% interest. That's normal. Anybody wanna be normal? (laughs) No, you're like, no, that was 100% participation. Good job, nobody lifted their hands. (laughs) Love it. That's normal and that's not fun. That does not sound great at all to me. I do not want to be normal. I like what Dave Ramsey says about normal. He says, normal is buying things you cannot afford with money you do not have to impress people that you do not like. He's like, that is normal. I don't want to be normal. I think it can be a whole lot better if we look at what God's word has to say about it. And the thing with financial trouble is this. Finances is, you can get in a big mess in under a minute, (laughs) But that thing that you sign can take you years or decades to get out of. Uh, Becca and I had had done a financial peace class at at a church that we were at, which, by the way, if you're like, oh, this finance thing is something I really want to tackle this year, small groups are going to be starting. There's a financial peace class that's going to be going on. I really recommend that. Uh, Check out the website. Those are going to be popping up this month uh, over and over. And then small groups themselves will actually be starting the end of February, March but they'll be popping up on the website. So we, we, had, we had taught one of these, one of these classes and, and one of the people there, she's like, hey, can you help me kind of budget and put together how I'm gonna be handling this and what I'm gonna be doing? And we're like, yeah. So, so we sit down and one of the things you do is you kind of, you make a list of all your debts. And so we're going over this with her and, and I'm like, oh, this looks good. And, and then one of them is like 9,500 bucks. She's a co- young college student and I look and I'm like, $9,500, like what, what do you owe 9,500 bucks on? And she goes, my car. And I'm like, picturing what she, I thought she had as a car, I'm like, how does she owe $9,500 on that? And, and I look out the window and I'm like, on that car? And she's like, yeah, uh, my uncle sold it to me and I got a really good deal. And I'm like, oh. like she could not, she would be hard pressed to sell it for 6,500 bucks. And she paid $10,000 for it. And so sure enough, we look it up and we start talking to her about her car. And and she's upside down, even though she's had it for like six months, she's upside down like $3,000 on this car. Meaning if she wanted to sell it, she'd have to pay $3,000 to the bank to sell her car. That's just not fun. That's not a great place to be. But it's one of those things that she got in and we actually, she called. About a, I think it was about a year and a half. Back and I we're, were comparing notes on this one to say, like, how long was it? I think it was a year and a half later where she called, and she was like, "Woohoo!" and we're like, what? She goes, I finally paid that stupid car off, and we were like, yeah, awesome, phone high five, that was, yes, like, I, I, I love that. I get excited when people are paying things off. It took her years to pay off the trouble she got into in a minute, and, and I know that that can be so true when it comes to finances, you can make a decision. You get that credit card, and you're like, oh yeah, 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 boom, boom, boom. This is so much fun. And then you look at, the, and you get the bill, and you're like, this isn't where the fun's gone. Like, wait a second, this is, this isn't it. This is not what I wanted to be. But that's the thing with finances. But little by little, we can work our way out. We can work our way forward to wherever you need to be. But the Bible actually has a lot to say about money. In fact, Jesus talked about money, if you look at what Jesus said, a ton. Like, he talked about three things, only three things that he talked about more than than money. The kingdom of God, God our Father, and faith. He talked about money more than prayer. He talked about money more than heaven and hell combined. Jesus had a lot to say about money. Because money, can it's a tool that can be used to do a lot of things. But money is a tool and it's not the answer. If you look at money as an answer, you're going to be in trouble. In fact, Benjamin Franklin said this. He said, he that is of the opinion that money will do everything may well be suspected of doing everything for money. See, money is meant to be a tool that we use, not, some, not, not the ends, not to not the, not the solve every problem because it doesn't. And it says this in 1 Timothy 6, 9, talking about money. It says, people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of money, not money. Money isn't bad. Money is a tool. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving it have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Money isn't bad. Money's good. Ever go to the grocery store and p- try to pay for groceries with a smile? <laughs> they're going to come after you. You walk out of that door and be like, wait, I smiled. No, they're going to be like, what are you doing? You, gonna, you go to jail. It doesn't work. Money, you need money is great. It's a, it's a tool. You want to pay a bill? Pay it with money. It works really, really well. Take a goat to consumer's energy. They're not going to want it. Be like, look, here it is. Take this. Turn my power back on. Like, No. So it is a tool, but it's not the answer. It is a tool. But when we see it as an answer, we'll chase after it, and we'll do some pretty weird things. In fact, I read this. It was in this book called The Day America Told the Truth. People were asked, what would you be willing to do for $10 million? What would you be willing to do for $10 million? And these these were the answers. 25% said, I'll abandon my family right now. Just give me 10 million (laughs) bucks. Never talk to them again. Just give me 10 million bucks. All right? Some of you sound pretty shocked. Okay, 23% said they'd become a prostitute for a week. Only 2% less than said they'd leave their family for 10 million bucks. If you look at money as the answer, anyways. And then 7%, 7%, said they would kill a stranger for 10 million bucks. Which basically means in this room right now, if this is true, there's about 13, 14 people that would kill a stra- kill you maybe for 10 million bucks. That's kind of like what in the world? What in the world? All right, but the Bible, the Bible has a lot to say about it. But here's the thing. I think sometimes... Sometimes, especially in the area of, of finances, the answer is so simple that we overlook it. We're like, that can't be it. That really, that can't be it. That, that, that's not it. You ever work a puzzle, and you got the piece that you just cannot find, and you've already looked at every single piece 10 times, and you're like, none of these pieces fit there, and you keep working And you keep working and you keep working. You're like, it's not here. It's lost. It's not here. You look under the table. You're like, which one of the kids do it? You're checking the dog. You're like, is it hanging on the dog's hair? The dog is, where is it? You're looking all over for the piece and you cannot find it until the very end. you're like, oh, it's right here. You put it in. You're like, how did I miss that? How? I, I do that. Maybe you're not puzzle people. Who are my puzzle people? Any other puzzle people? Thank you. Yes, my friends. This is great. And you get, you put it in. You're like, how did that fit? And you look at it and you think, it should be so obvious because it's got that little bit of white at the end and and, and the shape and and you're looking and it should be obvious, but it just wasn't. I think some of this, that's how it seems to be with finances is some of these things, these are not going to be these huge, like, it it just, it's, it's, it's simple. But what does the Bible have to say about the way that we handle money? Number one, the Bible says this, have a plan or have a budget. Did I blow anybody's mind with that one? No, no minds were just blown. Have a budget. Proverbs 21.5 says it this way. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. As surely as haste leads to poverty. Proverbs 27.23 says it like this. Be sure you know the conditions of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. He's talking about flocks and herds. Another word, another way of saying your resources, your money. Maybe you're like, I don't have a flock, I've got like one goat. Like really a budget? <laughs> Doesn't really apply. I mean, I mean, there's really, there's really there's not a lot there. It's kind of it's just it's just there. But we need to have a plan for our money. I've heard Dave Ramsey, you're gonna hear me quote him a lot, I like it. He says it kind of this way, he says, failing to plan is planning to fail. And having a plan is you deciding, this is where my money is going to go, instead of getting to the end of the week and saying, or end of the month and saying, where did it go? It's having a plan saying, this is where these things are going to go. And you might say, oh, but again, I just have so little. Luke 16, 10, he who is trustworthy with little, he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. And the way that you treat, the way that you handle what you have now is the way you will handle or the way you will treat, what you get. So practice now taking care of it while it's easy and say, okay, you know, it's, there's not a lot. Look at it. It's easy to budget. Here's where this goes and here's where this goes and this is where this is. But decide you're going to do that. If it's hard, you know, oh, I don't know how much. Well, look at how much I make changes. Well, look at last month's numbers. And we're starting a new year. Maybe look at last year. Average out how much you made and say, okay, this is what I'm going to kind of guess it'll be this year. The expenses, write out the expenses. This is what I know it's going to be. But decide you're going to do it. And then maybe you're one of those people who you're like, but I want to live by faith. I want to live by faith. And if I budget, because planning, kind of, I, I don't really like to plan. Honestly, when, when I write out and I fill in the calendar with all of like the sermon series and what we're going to do for the year, I feel like it ruins the whole year. I'm like, oh, it's over. It's all planned. Might as well be done the whole year. This is what's happening there. I'm going to study this then, and I'm going to do this, and it's just, it's just over. I, I do. I don't know what it is about it, but it just, it just zaps my year. It's planned. It's all there. But when it comes to finances, budgeting, I like because budgeting allows me to say yes when I'm saying no. And here, here's what I mean by that. If I budget for something, if I budget, it doesn't matter what it is, if, if this $20 that's in my pocket I know is already spent in my budget, then this candy bar that's 50 cents I can't afford because the $20 is already spent on something else. And here's what I mean by you get to say yes when you, get, when you say no, is I say no to the candy bar because I want the family vacation. I say no to going out to eat because I want a hot tub. I say no, and at the same time, I get to say yes to something else by saying no. This is what budgeting gets to do for us. It gets to be more fun. We're like, no, I don't want that because I want something else more than that. But decide that you're going to do that. That's number one. Number two is this. Number two is honor God with your finances, which means we honor God with the First, Malachi 3.10 says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse There's there to be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. It says, honor God with the whole tithe. If you don't know what this is, a tithe is, literally means a tenth. So here's what that means. It means you cannot tithe 15% and you can't tithe 4%. Tithe is... 10th, and that's the first 10th. So on that budget, the very first thing right up there at the top should be your tithe. When you say, okay, first 10%, and it says says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. As we look over and over, over and over, you look at the early church, you read Acts, what happens? It says that they sold land and they brought it to the apostles and they put it at their feet. You bring it to church. If you're like, oh. They just want my money. Well, then go to another church that teaches God's word that's great and tithe there. But we need, you, you need to honor God with what you're doing. Honor God with your finances. And it's that first 10th. So what we do is the first 10th of what comes in, it's easy for us, is that comes to church. And then anything above that is an offering. And that's why maybe you hear us say it's tithes and offerings. So we support missions and that comes above that. But the 10th, We bring and we give here. Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of your crops, with the first fruit of what you have that comes in. All right, we'll move on to the next one. Number three is live on less than you make. If I didn't blow your mind with that first point, I probably blew it with this one. You're like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah, live on less than you have coming in. Because here's what's so easy to do, and what a lot of people do is they do this, is they use their seed to look like they have a harvest. And here's what I mean. The farmer has a bag of seed. He can plant it, and he'll get a harvest. Or he can make bread with it, and he can eat it. But what's going to happen to what he eats? Is it going to grow? I mean, he might grow a little fatter, but (laughs) that's it, right? So we can either plant seed, or we can eat it. The farmer, and it makes... I mean, it makes sense to you and I. He can make flour, or he can plant seed, but he'll get a bigger harvest if he plants it. And so many today use their seed to look like they have a harvest. They're like, I'm going to use it and I'm going to spend it right now. We switched banks a while a while ago. And uh, I went in and I was opening a, uh, a checking account. And I was like, okay, and we're signing the papers and reading through it, and I read every word, and so the guy's getting kind of bored that I'm talking to. I'm like, well, what about this? And, and this doesn't make sense to me. He's like, me either, so I cross it out. And, and we're having fun. We're just, we're reading through this thing, and, and I get to this part, and I'm like, um, overdraft is, I don't want that. And he goes, well, what that is? And he, and he starts to talk to me about what overdraft is. And I'm like, well, I don't want that. And he goes, well, what we do is we cover in case you, you spend more than you have in there. And I go, well, I just want it to not work. Like, if I don't have money, I don't, I can't, like, like make the card, because I have a debit card. I'm like, can the card not work? And he's like, no. And I'm like, but if there's no money in the bank, can it just not work? And he's like, I don't think so. And I'm like, really? Because I'm not going to pay you to, to, like, this doesn't make any sense to me. And he's, we're talking back and forth, and he kind of laughs, and he's like, I usually don't get asked this. And I'm like, but, because here's the thing, is so much of what again, normal is just designed for you to just keep spending money. And like if you're not on top of it, you're living, and and your wife spent money here and you spent money here and all of a sudden you're looking like, whoa, we went over, all oh, it was all covered. It's it's just designed in this in the system that we live in, is just spend, 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 spend. Like that it's it's so easy. It is so, so easy to do. It's not hard to spend more money than you have. It's easy to do. It's easy to spend more money than you have, and then if you have friends that have different incomes or bigger incomes than you, and then you're like, "Well, wait a second. Well, they're driving and they're going, and I'm not." And it's it's easy to be like, "Well, is is this just what everybody's doing?" And you're looking, and 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 you're like, "Wait a second. It can take some work. It can take some intentionality. It can take some humility." To be like, I'm going to live on how much I have come in. I'm going to live on less than I have come in. I don't need to. And to see a car, not as a status symbol, but as, this gets me from where I am now to where I need to go. I saw this comedian one time. He's talking about refrigerators. And he's like, refrigerators are, he goes, I went to the store. And this guy's like, this one keeps your food cold for 300 Come here. This one keeps your food cold for 600 come here. This one keeps your food cold for 1200 Come here. And he's talking, he does it way funny. I was laughing. I'm like, yeah, that's refrigerators. But honestly, I think that's most things. Like this one will get you from point A to point B for 12000 This one will get you from point A to point B for 22000 This one will get you. But we don't look at cars that way. In fact, you're looking at me like, that's not it.
1: That is not it.
0: But the truth of the matter, most of the time, it is. And we need to decide and to have some humility and say, okay, it's a, it's a vehicle. It's a vehicle. That's something, that's a pill that I had to swallow when we had our, our third kid on the way. It was like we were in the Xterra, the four-wheel drive Xterra, the fun car that like our mountain bikes and kayaks looked good on. And then we had a third kid and it was like, Well, a minivan's a good deal. I'd never, ever, ever dreamed of having a minivan, ever. It wasn't like, ooh, this would be so great, sliding doors that work 45% of the time. That would be wonderful. I'd love a minivan. It wasn't there, but it was like, well, it's practical, and it's a good deal, and Beck's like, I don't care. And I'm like, I swallowed really hard, and I was like, it's a good deal, it's practical, and we bought it. And when I ended up selling it, it cost me about $700 a year. I was like, oh, that's a really good deal. It worked out really good. But it's deciding, it's, it's it's having some of that, do I really need this? And then here's some interesting things. Again, I geek out. I geek out with numbers and charts. So here's one for you. The average car payment, the average new car payment in the U.S. is over $550 a month. So that's the average new car payment. Now, if you were to take that same money, instead of buying that car, if you were to take that money, in fact, only $500 of that a month. Keep the 54, go out to eat. So you take that $500, and instead of getting that car, you put it in a Roth IRA from the time you are 30 to 65. Say it grows at 8%, you have over a million dollars at age 65. If you're like maybe a little bit younger, and you're like, well, actually, I'm younger than that. Maybe you were to start at 21, and instead of buying that car or signing that up and signing up for that, you say, okay, I'll do that from the age I'm of 21 to 65. I'll invest that $500 a month. Instead of $1 million, you have $2 million at age 65. And it's really, but maybe you're even younger, and you're like, wait a second. I could start when I was 18. Well, that actually makes a really big difference. Because again, we're talking at 8%. But if you were to start at 18 with that $500, and by the time you were from 18 to 65, you'd have over $10 million. It's looking at the actual cost of some of these things and saying, if I was to spend it there, if I was to eat that seed instead of plant it, what is the cost? That's at 8%. If you happen to do more, Dave Ramsey likes to use 10%. That 18-year-old... Instead of having $10 if it was just 2% more, 10%, it'd be over $22 million. That's a lot of money. Now, that's not the end goal by any means. Please don't think that that is what I'm saying. The end goal is to die with a whole lot of money or have a whole lot of money when you're 65. It's not. But it is to look at what we have now. Decide, I'm going to live on less than what I have come in. I'm going to have some margin in my life. I don't know anybody that's been like, oh, that second car payment just makes me so happy. Oh, it just brings so much peace into our family. But it's, it's looking and saying, okay, what is it, what is this really meant to do? Do we really need this? Can we bite the bullet? Let's look at it practically. And to not get caught up in the bigger, better, faster, flashier. You buy an iPhone today and it's new, and six months later, there's a newer one. And then there's a new error, it just keeps going. And to not get caught in that, I'm gonna decide, I'm gonna say no. Living with margin and saying, and again, that budget allows you to say yes when you say no. I'm saying no to this because we want that new boat. I'm saying no to this because we want that family vacation. I'm saying no to this because they need braces. I'm saying no to this, but that's not the exciting thing, but who knows what it is. But you say, I'm no to this so you can say yes to other things. Having the humility to say it's okay. I don't have to be doing everything that everybody else around me is doing because, again, I don't want normal. I like what 2 Corinthians ten twelve says. It says, we do not dare to compare ourselves With some who commend themselves, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they're not wise. Kind of sums it up there at the end. It's don't compare and it's just not wise. (laughs) Don't run somebody else's race. Say, this is where I'm at. These are the finances that we have and this is how we're going to handle them. It's have that budget. This is what we're going to do and we're going to move forward in that. And here's the thing. I know that these are simple things, but it can bring so much peace when you have margin and you're like, yeah, we know that we can do this. When a need comes along and you sit back and you say, you know what? We have the finances. We can meet that need for that person. We, we can step in and help them with that rent or we, we can help them with that car. We can help fix this or that thing that was that, that, emerged, that medical bill. We, we can help with this. We can do this because you have margin in your life and you're not strapped and you're not strapped to things. And paying for things, and everything that you have coming in is paying for things that you've already bought. And you're like, well, this has to go here, and this has to go here. And big payments come in, and an extra big thing comes in. You're like, woohoo! It all goes to that right there. I've already spent it, but have that margin so that you can say, all right, I've got some, I got some breathing room. If I miss a pay, the paycheck, or something happens, we're, we're not going to die. We're not going to get kicked out. We're not going to miss a payment on something. We've, we've got some, and I'll be the last thing I'm going to say is you've got some savings. Is have an emergency. Have some money set aside. Don't, not a credit card. You don't need one. It's not your emergency, but you have an emergency fund. You're like, if something happens, I've got cash to take care of it. And let me just tell you, things go better. And typically, I'm getting into other things I don't have time to get into. Okay, so just... Remember, just remember. I know it can seem simple, but don't overlook it because it's so simple. Start the year off right. Say, okay, here are the goals and the things that we wanna do. Say, God, I wanna honor you. It's so simple that it gets overlooked. But Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. And there's not a single area of your life that he does not want in. In fact, there's only one place that God belongs in your life. It's the only place that he fits And he says, I want to be number one in everything. So honor God with your finances. Decide you're going to do finances God's way. I have money. I don't need a budget. Budget it out. We're not running short. Budget. Decide where it's going to go. It's a tool. Decide. Be intentional about where it's going. Decide you're going to live on less than what you have come in. And decide you're going to honor God with the first part. Say, God, this year I'm going to do it. Maybe it's a radical idea for you but say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to honor you, God, with this. And bring that tithe to the church. And God says, watch what will happen. He says, if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. It's the only place in the Bible where God says, test me in this. It can seem so simple. But it can be so much better. If you want normal Keep doing what everybody else is doing. If you want something better, you're going to have to do something different. Again, I believe it's Benjamin Franklin who is credited with saying, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Maybe it's time that you change some of the things that you've been doing and saying, God, I'm going to apply your word to this area of my life. Before we close, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Before we leave, I just want to make sure that everybody in here, you know right where you stand with God if you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life or maybe you say you know what I've, I've always been going to church and, and, and I'm kind of a religious person I believe that there is a God Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life there's only one way to heaven maybe you thought well I'll die and I'll find out but Jesus says I am the way and you don't have to wait until you die to find out if you made it if you've been good enough because honestly you can't be good enough But Jesus died to make a way. He paid the price that I couldn't pay so that I could be free. He paid the price that you couldn't pay so you could be free. So if you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you want to know right where you stand with God, you want to know that your sins are forgiven, you want to know that you're on your way to heaven, and you want to know and experience that peace that passes all understanding, the peace that only comes from God. If that's you, I'd love the honor of praying with you. Or if you say, you know, I'm here, but I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. If that's you, in just a minute, we're gonna raise our, you're, we're gonna raise our hands, and if that's you, we'll pray right in your seat. and we say amen, you're gonna know right where you stand with God. But maybe you're here and you say, there's a time. I was living for God, but I've turned my back on him. But today, this year, right now, I wanna commit to living my life for him again. If you're either of those, then I want you to be bold. And on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up then right in your seat, we're gonna pray together. One, two, three, all the way up. Say, that's me, thank you. All the way up. Say, today is my day. Awesome. All right, hands down. Here's what we're gonna do. If everybody would repeat after me. And we're gonna say a prayer. When we say amen, You're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. And those of you who lifted your hands, you make these words your own as we pray together. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. Devil, you lost me. God, I'm yours. From this day and forever, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.